to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Uh, being joined today by a friend of the show, Brandon Cameron, right back on to the Locked On Leafs podcast. BC, how you been, man? How was your Christmas? Yeah, I'm not too bad, man. It was fine. Got some nice slippers. Got some nice pajamas. You know the usual. Slippers. <laughs> <laughs> they they at least have Maple Leaf logos on them. They do not. They say Papa Bear. Papa They're like dad slippers. I got my mom to buy me dad slippers. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> but I'm like, not a you, dad. <laughs> did you pop out a kid over the holidays that I didn't know about? Like what? That is such a weird gift. I know. I don't know. I wanted slippers. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so we got a whole bunch of stuff to get into today. And as promised, we will finally be getting into the Leafs schedule. We'll be taking a little bit more of a deep dive into it. So uh, we're going to do that uh, momentarily. But uh, we're also going to do some cosine no sign, which is always a fan favorite, a fun game to play uh, with you and I. So we'll, we'll do that a little bit later in the show as well. But let's get to today's big news on the day. Wow. Zdeno Chara, Big Z, heading to Washington. Dude, were you just as surprised by this move as I was? Yeah, well, it's, it's, honestly, it just seemed really out of left field. <laughs> like, I just kind of assumed that, like, because he was so quiet and everything's so quiet around Char, like, in free agency, because I guess it's been a sort of quiet free agent in general, but, like, this last little, little bit, I'm surprised he didn't just, you know, sign in Boston. <laughs> well, yeah, it seemed like if he was going to come back, he was going to come back and he was going to go to Boston, right? It was either retirement yeah, or Boston. Like, that, that just seemed like it was what it was going to be. But that's not the case. We woke up today and a little bit into the afternoon. Oh, just it was actually just before Overdrive started. So we got some breaking news to talk about right off the top of the show. But, you know, we, we get news uh, coming in from Ken Campbell of the Hockey News breaking this one. So a good scoop on him. Uh, that Zidane Chara leaving Boston to go to Washington. And I don't know if you saw, but Chara posted something on his Instagram. A post uh, thanking his Boston, you know, the, the Bruins fans and, you know, the organization but kind of uh I don't want to say he didn't really say it but it seemed like he hinted at he was kind of pushed out by Boston did, did you gather that uh I actually haven't seen the uh the post yet okay I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll grab the post for you but does that surprise you at all like the fact that Boston would push out their captain like what does that even make sense right now Honestly, for them, no. They already lost their. They already lost their number one defenseman at Tory Krug. I guess McAvoy could have been arguably the number one defenseman, but I Tory Krug was effectively the number one. They lost basically their number three. I would still classify Charles a top four defenseman on that team as of today. So it's kind of strange to me that they want him gone or push him out or lead him towards testing the waters. Like that seems kind of strange. Um, but also, I think it's time. Like I think he's. Beyond his uh, capabilities at this point, he's not he's not the most mobile guy in the league at 43. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so it's 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 a video. I I gotta I might have to play the video quickly to to make sure that it's it's not. I don't think there's any words to it, but anyways, it, essentially it seems like Boston pushed pushed him out, which doesn't just doesn't make sense to me. I, like this is a a weird year to be doing that. And when you look at what he signed for, one year, 975000 
it really just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And now you think about it, Boston and Washington, the way that the, the divisions stack up this year, they're in the same division, which means they're going to play each other eight times this year. Big Z is going to have eight opportunities to go out there and dismantle the Boston Bruins for what they did to him by not bringing him back, by pushing him out the door and giving him a kick on the way out. I mean, I'm going to be excited for those Washington-Boston games now. Yeah, honestly, me too. And you know what else I'm excited about? Not having to face Boston. (laughs) (laughs) That will also be great. Well, I mean, you talk about like Big Z. He's been a thorn in the side the least forever. And I mean, he wasn't going to be a a factor this season. But, you know, normally that's that's a a guy who has been uh, a devil for the Leafs, not only when he was with the Senators, but then also now for the past decade and a half with the Boston Bruins. So getting him out of the division and getting him further away from Toronto just – as a least from a least perspective, definitely a good thing to see. Oh, for sure. And honestly, dude, like, I, like no joke. I hate Sedano Jara. He's I he just, I hate that guy. I hate the way he plays. <laughs> Drives me nuts as a Leafs fan. So he always just, he's always cheating. He's always using, using his stick for illegal things. <laughs> you sound so upset about Sedano Jara. <laughs> um, but, you know, think back to, him heading to heading to Washington, what type of role is he really going to play at this point? Like forty three years old, they got a decent lineup over there. You know, a good defensive core. Is this a guy who you think will be more situational at this point in his career, or do you think he's somebody who Washington's going to feel comfortable throwing out there each and every night? Well, here's the thing. I think it's probably a mix of both. To be honest, like I feel like Zdeno Chara is still a guy you can kind of throw out and trust him because he, he's. Obviously, he's a steady defenseman. Like, there's no denying that. Like, he's been in the league for, like, what? Has he been in the league for 20 years? Over 20 years More than that. Like, 20... Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, what, 43? Yeah, he's been in the league for... Over 20 years. For over 20 years. Like, he he knows what he's doing. He's a capable defenseman to play for your team. So, he's a guy you can trust in situations that you could need him. But at the same time, I also don't really see him racking up the minutes (laughs) at 43 on probably the bottom pair like I, I feel like I feel like their their left side's a little crowded there with uh Brennan Dillon and Dimitri Orlov who I'd probably play ahead of him and then just let him kind of like have third bottom pair minutes like I think that probably is a little more ideal but like that's the thing too if injuries arise you could always plug him in because I think he, he can still play a little bit he's not he's not washed up yet well, when you think about it this year and we'll we'll get to the Maple Leaf schedule in, in just a moment but you know you'll take a look there's there's it's quite a condensed schedule. There's, you know, a, a fairly f- lot of back-to-backs in such a short amount of time. You think maybe that's that's a, a way to give him, you know, he's probably not going to play on both nights of those back-to-backs, and it's going to allow them to kind of keep guys fresh. If you have, you know, one guy plays the first leg, the other guy plays the second leg, that way, you know, you're, you're just a much deeper squad. And think about Washington. They're a team that probably is going to want to try and compete for another cup. I mean, they're... they're on their last legs a little bit. Ovi's not getting any younger. Backstrom's not getting any younger. Um, You know, this core that they have really only has a couple more kicks at the can, and now you bring in a guy like Zidane Ochara. It just adds to the depth, and certainly you'd have to think that if he's choosing the Washington Capitals, he believes that they are truly a team that could win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, a guy like Zidane, too, like you just know that, like, He's a proven winner. Like, all he does is win. Like, he's been on, like, the most successful team in the Eastern Conference the last, like, what, 10 years maybe? 
Probably, yeah, I would say so. I mean, they they won a cup, the cup uh, against the Canucks almost ten years ago now, yeah, and then ten years ago, the last decade, I would say I would probably say they've been the best team in the Eastern Conference the last decade. I think that's went to reasonable. two Cup finals since. So yeah, I mean, they've probably been been up there. I mean, Pittsburgh won themselves a, a couple of Stanley Cups there. They've always been competitive. Tampa's been competitive, but they only won only the one cup. But, yeah, they've certainly been probably the best team, if not in the league, uh, certainly the best team in the East for the last, uh, the better part of the of the last decade. Uh, and Zidane Chara clearly was a massive part of that team. And no longer will he be part of the Boston Bruins as, uh, as they head into the 2020 season. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to get into the Leafs schedule for next year. We're going to talk about the opponents, what it means, only playing 56 games. This type of season is going to be weird because the scheduling is different than usual. We'll get into all of that and more, and we'll do that next. But before we do, I got to tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Bill Go. It's the Built Bar's newest product. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's mental or a physical wall. Break through with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power you through the back nine. Or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three delicious flavors. You can get either peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. How's the Built Go work so well? Well, let me tell you. The Built Go combined energy gel with collagen protein and the collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into the system fast plus it's easy on the stomach collagen promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health this stuff literally makes you look better visit bilkgo.com and use the promo code locked and you get 20% off your next order use promo code locked for 20% off bilkgo.com let's go All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you alongside me, Brandon Cameron, as we sit here and are going to now discuss the Leafs' schedule. We're going to take a little bit of a deep dive here in this segment and get into what the Leafs' schedule is going to look like here in the 2020, uh, 2021 season, not the 2020, 2021 season. Uh, so just real quick. 56 games, they'll play 10 against Montreal, 10 against Winnipeg, 9 against Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa, and the schedule opens up with a game against Montreal on January 13th. So, real quick, um, the fact that they have Montreal, Winnipeg 10 times, the other teams uh, 9 times, I guess this is more of an overall uh, an overarching question about how you think they stack up in terms of the rest of the teams in this division. But, you know, 56 games against all division foes. Um, how do you see this thing shaking out for the Leafs? Well, honestly, I I, I think it's going to turn out quite favorably for them. <laughs> like, I, I think they're just kind of like, I honestly think they were miles ahead of the rest of the Canadian teams, to be honest with you. Like, the Oilers really haven't proven anything. The only thing is the Oilers scare me playing them nine times i don't want to see mcdavid nine times but <laughs> as, at least as a, it, a proven track record of being like one of the top three teams in the east and the, the other two teams around them boston and tampa are in another division so like i think that slots them to be number one in this division 
I mean, whether it plays out that way or not is one remains to be seen. Like they at least obviously have to figure some stuff out still. They're not perfect. They're still their flaws. They're still beliefs. But I mean, like, I think there's, it's a the best opportunity they've had to at least win a playoff round or at least win a playoff series or make the playoffs or do some, do some damage um, in the last I don't know. God knows how long since they were in the conference finals, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just talked about how Boston owned this division for the last decade. And before that, like Toronto also was not a factor for a while during that. Like, like yeah, you're, we're talking all the way back in what? The the early 2000s before the Maple Leafs did any. right? Yeah, they, well, yeah, when they made that run all the way to uh, the conference finals. I think they did win a series in, in just before the lockout in 03-04. I believe they beat the Senators. But outside of that, they still haven't won one. Since the first lockout, they have not yet won a series. And I think them and maybe the Florida Panthers are the two teams in the entire NHL that haven't done that. Like, it's it's absolutely insane. And now you look at this schedule and you think to yourself, okay, this is something that, could finally exercise those demons. I believe that they can go out there and they could beat each and every one of these teams on any given night. Nobody really scares me. They're, look, there are a lot of good teams, and I think there are a couple of teams that are close to the Maple Leafs. I'm not as maybe think that they're going to you know, stomp all everybody like maybe you do, but I do believe that they're at the top of the class, and the fact that they've gotten away from Boston, they've gotten away from Tampa, now this is time for the Maple Leafs to really strike here, and they have a really good opportunity against a bunch of teams that, I mean, realistically, uh, it's going to be a tough fight. Don't get me wrong. I think they're they're all pretty good. Even Ottawa made some really good improvements uh, over the course of the last few days even. But something that's going to be interesting, too, about this schedule. And, you know, I asked you, hey, was there anything that you noticed about the schedule? And the first thing that came out of your mind was, yeah, it kind of seems like a baseball-type schedule where they're playing two or three games against the same team. And I would say that is the biggest difference so far, um, you know, with this season coming up. And I think that's just to try and limit travel as much as possible. You think about these Canadian teams, they're traveling all throughout the entire country, right? So you don't want to have to go to Vancouver for a night and then go to Ottawa for a night, back out to Edmonton, back into Montreal, out to Winnipeg. You know what I mean? So it makes total sense that they set it up this way. But the question that I have for you is, do you think this gives anybody any type of advantage being able to see somebody in a little mini series for two, three games in a row? Honestly, I don't think so because I think that like the ho- hockey is a much more random sport than baseball is, I think. So I, I think like that kind of only applies to baseball like that specific aspect would only apply. So I, I don't think it would, I don't think it has any effect. They're, they're not usually back-to-backs either. They're not like all back-to-backs, are they? No, no. But the ones that are back-to-backs are all against the same team. It's it's not yeah. always. Like the Leafs, I think I saw, they, they only have uh, eight back-to-backs this season. So eight of their 56 games are, are, are going to be back-to-backs. Um, and they are the, you know, second and third leg of those uh, you know, those three gamers or it's a two gamer that's just back to back and then an off night and then they go go elsewhere, a travel day, we we could call it. That's what's called in the MLB at least. Um, but yeah, there's there's not as many back to backs as I thought, to be quite honest with you. When when I heard that they were gonna condense the season to like 116 days or whatever, I thought for sure there would be a lot more back to backs. And the fact there's only eight actually I think is kind of a a positive outlook when you take a look at this schedule as a whole. Yeah, it also kind of surprises me a little bit, too, because I feel like this is kind of the year that they probably could have got away with more back-to-backs, especially if they knew they were going to plan on doing, like, the couple games, like, the series in, like, different states and different arenas and stuff. Right? Less travel. Like, less travel. Like, it's a back-to-back with no travel. Like, that's 
the issue, the only issue people have with back-to-backs is the travel. <laughs> That's the issue people have, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely kind of an interesting thing that they decided not to do that. But, but obviously I think it's, it's for the best that they don't, nobody yeah. wants to play on back-to-back nights. You would much rather, you know, get that night in between rest up and then go at it every other day. Um, you know, taking a look at this 56-game season, all 56 games now against your interdivision foes, how big is each game going to be? Oh, it's going to be – they're going to be huge. Well, it's everything. They're, it's going to be huge. I think the Leafs are the best team in the division for sure, but I also – any team in that division could beat the Leafs on any given night for sure. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, every, like it's not – like, for – a division that has no teams that actually like scare me that I don't think that they're going to be intimidating or like tough teams to play against. They're not slouches either. <laughs> no, like, and... like none of the Canadian teams like suck. <laughs> How are you? Cause I, I haven't had you on. I've ranked these teams myself. I've given them a power ranking on this podcast before, but now I'm curious about you. If you could give me a quick power ranking one through seven, how do you think sure. this, this, uh, this division shakes up? Yeah, I think it's I think it's one the Maple Leafs. I think they have the best team on paper. They have the the stars. They have the the scores. They have the players that they have the team. Like I don't know, they have a be- I think they're the best team in the Canadian division. Uh, second place, I kind of have I, I I'm kind of torn because I think dude two through I six wa- is 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 very much up for grabs. I wouldn't be I, surprised. I want to say it's the Canucks. I want to say the Canucks because I, I really like their, their growth and development, but Marshawn's a really big loss for them. But Holby's not that bad of a of a filler, and Holby can kind of figure it out. So I, I'm going to put my, my hedges on the Canucks because I think they're probably my number two. And then it's a toss-up for me between the Flames, the Oilers, uh, and the Jets. I think the Jets are probably the worst of the three of there, and then it's Montreal-Ottawa for me. Ooh, you, you're not liking Montreal at all here. No. Interesting. Interesting, because I see a lot of people who've ranked Montreal in the top three in this division and already pretty much given them a pass into the playoffs. Um, But that's the other thing, too, right? So the way the playoff situation is going to work is it's a full divisional playoffs for the first two rounds. So the four teams who make it atop of this division uh, are going to make into the playoffs. It's going to be 1v4, and then it'll be the winners of those two series, and then the winner of those move on to the league semifinals, where it's going to be the division winners from each league's playoff are going to play each other in a little uh, four-man tournament, I guess, a four-team tournament to determine your Stanley Cup, um, you know, determine the Stanley Cup final and they were Stanley Cup champions. But, you know, I, I just look at it and I think like, oh, my God, every single game, not even the games with Toronto, but like even, you know, Edmonton and Montreal is going to be huge. You're going to be watching and keeping an eye on each and every game around this, uh, around the division, because there's points up for grabs each and every night that's going to determine how things shake up for the Maple Leafs. No, for sure. And that, and that, and that, that just goes to show how important it is for the Leafs to get off to a really good start against Montreal, Ottawa, and the yeah. Jets. Like, they, like, if you blow points against those guys, especially Ottawa, like in particular, because Ottawa is still a rebuilding team, to be fair. And they got like, Ottawa. If you blow points against Ottawa and then Montreal beats whoever and they jump you, like, it's going to happen. <laughs> you can't do it. They can't afford to, to lose games that they have to win. Yeah, and they got Ottawa, uh, so they got Montreal on January 13th, and then the following weekend, they're in Ottawa for a two-game set, uh, so it's it's they're getting right into it, and it's 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 against all of the teams. It's, it's interesting. It's all going to be against Canadian teams. It's going to be a weird, weird season 
Um, real quick, I got one more quick question about the schedule and, and and how this might affect the Maple Leafs. Do you think that this type of schedule benefits a younger, more energized team, or do you think it benefits a veteran team with, with more experience? The fact that it's condensed, uh, the fact that you're playing against the same teams over and over and over again, the fact that, uh, you know, there's, there's less travel, the fact that you're playing back-to-backs, you know, quite often, like, who, which type of team would this be more beneficial for? So I'd like to say that I, I think it's the the young guys who kind of have like the the shackles taken off for, for one time for once in their life. I'd like to I'd like for my heart to believe that, but I don't think that's true. And I think like the experienced teams that just know how to get it done every night of the week, every day of the week, like they will. And like a team like a team like maybe even Washington or like Pittsburgh or Boston, maybe not Boston. I don't think Boston. Boston could probably miss this year, actually. Like the the big teams that have done it before, that actually know what they're doing, like they do it the right way. I think there's a chance that they uh, they might just win like 35 games. Or <laughs> is that a lot? Would that be a lot? 35 would be a lot, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. In a 56 game, yeah, you go, you win 35, you go like 35 and 21. I'd say it's a decent record. Yeah, that's pretty good. I I, I think there's I think that something like that will end up happening. Do you consider the Leafs to be a younger, more energized team or a veteran team with experience? The Leafs are also confusing. They're not really all that young. <laughs> like, realistically, they're kind of not. They have some vets. Vets, uh, Thornton, Tavares has been around. Wayne Simmons. The only young guys are Marner, Matthews, and Nylander, really, right? And right? I guess Robertson. And, and that's why I asked you, because it's interesting. Everybody always associates the, the Leafs as a young team. They're not that young. They have a young core with, you got the you know the big three in, in Nylander, Matthews, and Marner. You can also slide in, I guess, Robertson may factor into that eventually. Uh, Riley, I suppose, you can consider him still relatively young. But outside of that, I mean, they're, they're a pretty old team and veteran team. They added in Wayne Simmons. They added in Joe Thornton. You know, they already had Jason Spezza, Zach Bogosian, right? So this is a pretty Jake Muzzin, another guy who's up into his 30s. Freddie Anderson's into his 30s now. This is a fairly veteran team. Yeah, which is honestly somehow more frustrating as a least. <laughs> what do you mean? To be honest with you. Because I, I would love to just, like, blame, like, the Leafs growing pains on them growing pains and being a team that just hasn't been able to figure it out because they're too young and trying to do it. Like, kind of like the, I don't know, the Buffalo Sabres have, like, that built-in excuse that they've always been young, like, the last 10 years. So, like, I, I, I do kind of miss that excuse, but the Leafs don't have that excuse, and especially not this year. So, by saying that you believe that this schedule benefits a veteran team with experience, the Leafs would fall into that category. I think so, yes. Yeah, which is interesting. <laughs> Very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm really excited. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait for the season to get going. Uh, January 13th against the Montreal Canadiens. It's going to be right here in Toronto. And uh, Bill Daly came out again today and reiterated the fact that the Canadian teams will be playing inside their own divisions or inside their own buildings. So down at Scotiabank Arena, although we as fans won't be able to get in there, the Maple Leafs will be playing there all season long, all 56 games. 
Uh, it's going to be a heck of a season. I, I, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more uh, in a future show where maybe we, you know, we're going to do our, our overs and unders and, you know, future bets and, and all that and guess, make some predictions on the upcoming year. But it's going to be a wild, wild season, especially with the, you know, the schedule the way it is. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Brandon, let's play some cosine, no sign. But first, a word from betonline.ag. I know we're all big hockey fans, but are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season. There are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season finishing up with the playoff picture becoming a little more clearer. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Look, there are so many games coming up in this Week 17 NFL slate that are going to decide the fan of so many teams you only got seven playoff spots up for grabs and 11 teams fighting it out if you think you have the upper hand go ahead and bet don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside Brandon Cameron. And now it's time for the best segment here on the Locked On Lease podcast. It's always a hoot whenever we get to play. It's cosine and a no sign. Brandon, you've played this game many, many times with me. But for those who are new to the podcast and have never played it before, uh, I'm going to make a statement. Brandon is going to either cosign it or he's going to no sign it and then explain his position as to why. Uh, I will let you go first since you are the guest. Um, or actually, I'll let you choose. Would you like to answer the question or do you want to ask me the question? I want to answer first, actually. <laughs> All right. So he defers, defers to the host. Very good. Very good, Brandon. Question number one. Frederick Anderson will lead the North Division in wins in 2020. I'm going to go with no sign because I think there's a chance that the Leafs would play Campbell maybe once a week. So who's the goalie that you believe will be? Because if you're saying that the Leafs are I the think best Marsh- team. I think Markstrom because I don't. I, I think Markstrom will. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Markstrom. Markstrom could do it. Hellebuck, if Winnipeg goes on a big run, Carey Price is always going to be a threat to win some games in Montreal. I know you're a little lower on them, but there's a lot of people who are high on Montreal thinking that they could be in the top three. And if, Illusional. well, if Carey Price is, <laughs> is in net for, you know, 40, 45 of those games, he could end up winning quite a bunch. And uh, maybe he could end up leading it in the division in wins, but I'm going to know, I'm going to co-sign it actually myself. I think Freddie Anderson was pretty close to the top in terms of wins last year. Uh, He's been up in the top for the last few seasons. And now this year against all division foes, I think that wins are going to be uh, a little bit maybe easier. Well, it's not that wins going to be easier to come by, but every goal is going to get a win and every goal is going to get a loss within the division. So it's like someone's going to go up and someone's going to go down. And I think the Leafs are going to win more than they're going to lose. Therefore, I think Freddie at the end will end up with the most wins in the North division. All right. Number one uh, for you now. 
All right, so my first one is uh, I think Austin Matthews will score 40 goals still in only a 50-game season, 56-game season. I think oh. he'll still manage to score 40 goals. Oh, man, that is a tough one. I'm going to have to no-sign it. I, you don't think he's going to hit 40? Dude, I think for sure he is. 40's a lot, man. 40's a lot of goals. Okay, 56. What did he get last year? He got, what, 47 through 70, what, 70 games? 71 games, maybe? Oh, he's man, he's going to be right Here's there. Here's the thing. He's a hot starter, and he gets and he gets really streaky, and he scores goals in bunches. I know. And, and I think that'll add up really fast. But if he goes <laughs> on one dry spell, he doesn't have those extra games to... You know, to pick it back up. I don't like it'll be close, man. It'll be close. If you give me the over under at like 35 and a half, I'll take the over. But 40, that's yeah, just a little tiny bit much for me. I'm going to have to no sign the number 40. I think he's doing it. I think he scores 40. <laughs> All right, man. That's 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 a hot take. That's a hot take right there. And it leads actually into my second question for you, Brandon. Cosign, no sign. BetOnline.ag, one of the great sponsors here of the Lockdown Podcast Network. They are on the ball. They got AM34, our man, Austin Matthews, as the Rocket Richard favorite this upcoming season at plus 400 odds. Are they correct? Cosign or no sign? I actually think I'm going to co-sign. I, I hope you would. The, I think he might be the favorite. Like, I, I think Ovechkin might take a step back, or he honestly might not. He kind of comes back into half seasons and just tears them up. He did, didn't he win a heart last time? <laughs> uh, In the last half season? Yeah, didn't he win the heart that year? I think he did. Right? I think he won the heart that year. So I, Ovechkin's hard to bet against, but I, I he's old, so I, I think... This might be Matthew's time. And the only other player I would say that would score more is Pasternak. And he's not, he's still till January, right? Uh, yeah, Dreisaitl. Or until, like, is, February. Dreisaitl is the third guy on their list. McDavid was up there as well at plus 800 odds. But, but I think he, I'm at, I think Matthews is a better goal scorer than those guys. <laughs> all right, so rolling with AM34. So betonline.ag. If you want to make that bet, plus 400. So lay down 100 bucks to win 400. You can go make that bet right now over at betonline.ag and get that 50% bonus as well that I talked about uh, earlier on today. All right, second one for you. All right, so by playoff time this season, Nick Robertson will insert himself into the top six. Of the Maple Leafs forward. Top six by the playoffs? By the playoffs. By the end of the regular season. Oh, man. I am going to co-sign this. I'm going to co-sign it. I think it'll be a slow start for Nick Robertson. uh, But I think that by the playoffs, he will get himself insert into the lineup and and to be honest with you I don't think it's much it's more about Nick Robertson than it is about Ilya Mikheyev I think it's it like it's his job to lose and if he doesn't hold on to it I think he's what like outside of Robertson who else do you see taking up that that you know second left wing spot exactly and that that's the reason I like I came up with this one specifically it's because I I just there's just a very clear opening on the left side in the Maple Leafs top six like besides like I mean, Hyman cemented himself into the top six for sure. Yes. And then it's kind of open after that. Like, it could be Mikheyev. It could be, honestly, it could be Jimmy VC. <laughs> it could be. Like, like right now, I think I'm I'm safe penciling in. Not not putting in pen. It's not uh, not quite in the in the blue ink yet. But I'm good penciling in Mikheyev as that second line left winger. 
But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Robertson, you know, throughout the course of his rookie season, you know, gain and build trust from the coaching staff and eventually put himself in a position where, you know, he'll get trusted with top six minutes. And if we are seeing Robertson playing playoff minutes in the top six, I would not be surprised. So, yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that one. That's That's a good one. I like that. Uh, and that actually, funny enough, once again, you're leading me again here because my next one, which I think I know what you're going to say based <laughs> on this question, though, but it's a question that I've been asking a lot of my guests recently who, who've been coming on to the show. But look, Nick Robertson, at the end of the day, on opening night, not quite guaranteed a spot. But will he be in the opening night for the Maple Leafs? The question to you is, Nick Robertson will be in the opening night in the opening night lineup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going to go with no sign on this one. Really? Because I I, I think there I think there's guys in the Leafs like bo- like bottom half of their forward group cuz I I don't think he slops into the slides into their top 6 right now and I think that's where there's an opening at some point in the future but I don't think he's ready to take that just yet. And I think the the bottom six at least have made some promises to players that they would play in the bottom six, and I think those players will play. Like, so like I think Jim, I think Jimmy VC will probably have a spot on the fourth line or the third line. Uh, I think Barabanov will play. I think uh, Simmons, Simmons, Thornton, Spezza. I think it's pretty crowded in the bottom six, and I think that he might have to wait a couple shifts before he gets into the lineup. So I think he doesn't play opening night. Interesting. I might be with you, man. But but then that that's question. If you have you know given all these spots out to people and you kind of already know in the back of your head that Nick Robertson would really have to knock your socks off at camp to 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 even get into the lineup on on opening day. What was the point of keeping him out of the World Junior Championships? Well, so he doesn't get Kirby docked. <laughs> well, I suppose you could say that in <laughs> hindsight, but realistically, I mean, he could be uh, Dylan Cozens, a guy who goes out there and lights up the league, and now is you know being considered one of the top prospects in hockey, and it's being considered a, a great tune-up for him. And now he's going to go to the Buffalo Sabers, probably make the team, and get the ball rolling alongside Jack Eichel. I said, I just think the Sabers and Leafs are in different po- different points in their development as teams, too, right? I think the Leafs can't really afford to have Nick Robertson risk anything, like because they need him. At some point, do they, they know, like, like if if he's someone who they're not putting in the lineup on opening night? Do they need him? They say at I think some at, point. I think but... at some point, yeah. I think at some point, yeah. They have to make their they have to make their bed and lay in it with Nick Robertson because they the Leafs are so cap restraint that they need a guy that can play with minimum wage, basically. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. Eventually, he'll definitely become a factor. Uh, for this team, I I still believe that they made the wrong choice. I know what we we saw happen to Kirby Doc is always a possibility, but in my opinion, I still believe they made the wrong choice uh, and and didn't send Nick Robertson. I think that there would have been no better tune up to get him ready to go for the season than the World Juniors uh, instead of just skating in camp. <laughs> That's just my yeah. I, th- I do think it was the wrong choice though too. I do, yeah. I just think that was probably their logic behind it. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes Kyle Dubas is. Illogical. We we've come to learn this, you know, like when he when he let go of of uh, Curtis McElhaney for Garrett Sparks. Illogical. Yeah, that wasn't the right play. No. <laughs> Speaking of Garrett Sparks, did you see he signed a PTO in Calgary? No, I didn't actually. He did. Last, last I heard, he was in Vegas. 
No, he was he uh, signed an ECHL deal with the Orlando Solar Bears, and then the other day came across the wire that he had signed a PTO with the Calgary Flames. He was loaned by the Solar Bears to the Flames, so he's going to go into camp and try and earn a job there, potentially as their third or fourth goaltender, I guess. Um, I guess it makes sense. They're trying to build out their goalie depth. I don't know how bleak that goaltending system must be in Calgary if they're calling up old Jerry Sparks. But, yeah, he's going to be a flame. Could you imagine if if we see a game between the Leafs and Flames this year where Garrett Sparks is the starting goaltender? That'd be so funny. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I laugh every time Michael Hutchinson like, plays against the Leafs. It's honestly so funny. I, I, Michael Hutchinson just plays still, too. It makes no sense. <laughs> Michael Hutchinson... It, is a Maple Leaf. He was in the playoffs. He, oh, he is a, he's a Leaf again. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he's, he signed back for whatever reason. <laughs> they brought him back to uh, to be a fourth goalie, I guess, in case somebody goes down. They'll make him the third goalie. Uh, but, you know, for now, we're rolling with Freddie Anderson. We're rolling with Jack Campbell. And we're rolling with Aaron Dell. And I guess I'll ask you this one and final question. Brandon, cosign, no sign. If you believe that this is the best team, and you believe that they will come out and become the division winners. Do you believe? And would you say that the Toronto Maple Leafs will make the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2021? I like that you had a, you kind of had the, I like the jab sort of element to it where it's like technically they didn't make the playoffs last year. So they, they kind of fall into the will they make the playoffs question, which I don't think is fair. I, I think that I, I think for sure they make the playoffs. I also think they went around. <laughs> Stanley Cup. Uh, what? Will they win the Stanley playoffs. Cup? I know. I meant to say Stanley Cup, though. Okay. <laughs> I think it's oh, obvious okay. they're going to make the playoffs. I think what I meant to say, well, will they win the Stanley Cup? Because if they win the division, right, if they're the top division, they're in the semifinals. All they need to do is win one more round through the Stanley Cup final. Okay, so your question is actually, will they make the Stanley Cup final? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't think they're the best team in the East yet, so I'm gonna say no. <laughs> in the East, I, until I think they're the best team in the East, I'm gonna no sign. Yeah, but the, the way that it's, it, it I think works. they could, but I, I, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't bet on it. Well, hold on, Brandon, hold on, hold on. The way that the playoff system works, there is no East, there is no West anymore. They just have four independent divisions that are gonna produce one team from each of those four, and then those four teams will be seeded one through four based on points in the regular season. So. They're not guaranteed to have to play Tampa as the other quote-unquote East Division team. They could end up playing a a Dallas if they come out. They could end up playing a Vegas if they come out. Heck, maybe, you know, a team like Detroit somehow makes them way into the— All right, let's not—all right, let's not not get carried away here, but, you know. I think think the Leafs (laughs) lose to those teams, so I think I'm going to no sign. I think the Leafs lose to Vegas. Maybe not Dallas. I think Dallas is probably, like, a similar level team to the Maple Leafs, in my opinion, but— so ben, I don't, I don't like I, I actually see the, I see the least the way I saw Dallas. So I think they could they could make the finals, but I don't think they win or they, I, I don't think they win. All right. All right. I'll accept that as an answer. I'll accept it. Uh, all right, man. I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Making a Score Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. Brandon, where can they find your uh, social media? 
uh, at B underscore Cameron 222. Follow it up. Follow it up, people. Uh, Brandon, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, buddy. And if you guys want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast, where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.